nice shirt. Yeah, we got our new we got new shirts. Out. Look yeah, at how cool like the shirts are. Yeah, I like it. I have the black one. Andy has the gray one for people that are just listening. New logo. It's not really that new anymore, I no, guess. No, it's about a year now. Yeah. So, um, so that's cool. Um, people have been asking about getting shirts and sweaters and stuff, yeah. and we don't have any. So, <laughs> I think in the in the new year, yeah, it, we normally have like just like small stock of stuff yeah. just for like the boys around here, but we don't really sell it. So maybe in the new year, I'll try to get something where people can can buy some stuff because people are asking about that. Yep. I was gonna say, on that note, in the last month, maybe. Yeah. Our downloads and I mean, social media is usually pretty good with clips and stuff like that. But our downloads for the full episodes has like doubled in yeah. the last month. I know it's great, which is which is huge. So nice. it's uh, I don't know what the word is. It's unexpected to a certain degree. Well, you know what? It isn't. It isn't. No, what happens? This is life. You do the work, and things happen, good or bad, right? True. And we're doing it. We from feedback that we're getting from a lot of different places. People are very happy with our podcast. So I was thinking of it more like, um, like we're just sitting in the gym t- talking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's surprising. It's surprising how relatable people are finding it, and how much it's helping the exact people that we set out to try to provide the information for. Like we're finding a good that there's a good amount of people that care about what we're talking about. I guess which that part of it isn't necessarily surprising because I feel like it's we're talking about things people care about you know like par- like parents care about the kids sports team you know and yeah. kids care about the team that they're on they don't care about you know all these these greater if you're talking about average people like they don't care about uh, solving world problems they care about their day-to-day things that are going on so maybe that that's part of the reason or something like that but 100%. well like I, I'll just I you know what I'll say something because you've just you brought up something like first of all um like very sincerely, like I, I gotta be honest, I didn't really like. I started the the old uh, hockey video stuff because I saw that there was a need for players and um, and coaches that they, they could take drills and skills and learning thing. But what I what I found with that was that the it was interesting, but I found that kids didn't like, for the most part, taking a lesson and going through fifteen minutes of learning and and going through the process. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was like the greatest idea in the whole world. But uh, it, it, like, I, I found the coaches liked it a little bit more. Okay. But I knew that there was, a, there was a need for something because of like all the experience that I've had in hockey. So this is like for the average guy that is listening, average dad, that maybe, maybe you're, this is going to make you feel good, I guess. <laughs> maybe you're the average dad that like you're, you're sitting there going like, why is this driving me crazy in hockey or the average player going, you know, we're touching issues that people, everybody has. I have it with my, like, here's the deal. I I've been through like every part of hockey that you can imagine. And I deal with these experiences with my son, even to today. Oh yeah. Right. Like yep. today we're going to be talking about getting through disappointments and that's something that my son has to go through every day. Like not my son, every kid, every player, every person in life is getting through disappointments, right? So as we're doing this, um, for the person, for the people that think like, maybe you even might be embarrassed that you have to listen to something like this to get ideas because you think you should be smarter or something. Like, you know, I'm just saying it that yeah, way. Yeah. Um, Steve Odd, who coaches the St. Louis Blues, uh, when he was here, uh, summertime, was it? Yeah. He, he, he was so happy with our podcast. He goes, Andy, because I, I, I trained Steve skill for, for his skills when he played for uh, St. Louis in Detroit, Montreal. Um, Buffalo Dallas. <laughs> uh, he uh, even as a player, he, he's raising kids now. He goes like, I find myself going to the crazy side. So yeah, like that's what happens because it's your kids and it's your life, and and you want the best for your kids. And uh, like, so you take a guy like Steve, who's got I think a thousand games or just under, um, coaches the NHL, and he doesn't know how to deal with like you think about it. Here's a guy that has done everything in hockey, and He's probably looking at his kid and go, no, you need to like, and I told him this, I said, when you're pushing your kid at six to eight, I said, Stevie boy, easy man. And he goes, I know, I I think I know you think so. I go, yeah, I know. Like, like you, you can't expect him to work as hard as you did because you don't know if you worked that hard at six. You think you probably did, or you think you loved it, right? I, I think I was the hardest working guy in the world, but how do I know? You forget, you don't know, like maybe shooting a hundred pucks seemed like 
you spent all day shooting pucks. That's all I did today. It's like, well, probably not. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you, when you take that perspective and you take that lens out, you got an NHL guy and I've got several guys that are very high end people in hockey that come up to you and say, this is a really good podcast, Andy, like don't stop. And uh, so that, that's, I guess that's what keeps me probably going a little bit more, but then I get a lot of youth people that ask. So if you're, if you're a listener, a, a consistent listener to this, um, it's really good for you. Like this is really good stuff because it's it's day to day stuff. And if you ever think that you're going off the edge, um, or off the ledge, at ledge or edge, I feel like either works. Either works, right? Um, you know, maybe maybe something like this will help you get through something. And 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 again, like today when we talk about some of the stuff, some of it's not like, like well, it's it's almost like, uh, what's the word, um, harsh. Because there, because sometimes you get like today we're gonna talk about managing disappointments and expectations and stuff like that. So sometimes the the reality is we'll say things that are like, okay, now get out of your, you know, stop shitting in your diaper, get out of it, and start dealing with the problem. And sometimes people don't like that, mm-hmm. right? Or or we'll we talk like a couple episodes ago go about, um, you know, coaching, how to deal with coaches, and but it, it always goes. Some people like, yeah, coaches are screwing us. Hockey's too expensive. Like all those different issues, but th- then there's the reality. Sometimes you got to take responsibility for yourself, and that's really is the message. And, mm-hmm. and to make no mistake, a lot of people pl- apply this to their life, but we're talking about hockey here, and it's just one thing that I know. Yeah. Well, I'm. I mean, for me, it's uh it's really cool to see the because I get to see all the analytics behind the scenes of how people yeah. are listening to it and stuff, and it's yeah. really it's uh, promising. It's exciting to see the amount of people that are are downloading it and listening to it and stuff yeah. like that and it's more of just like a thank you from me to yeah. people that are actually listening to it and thank you to the people that are uh becoming members and supporting the show yeah. because for me it was like taking taking the idea that you had with the original hockey videos yeah. and and sharp trying to find where that where it fits you know where where is that problem that you feel needs to be addressed and it's starting to feel like we we are starting to find it and touch on it a little bit and uh it's just, man, I'm so fired up to do it every week now because I get, like, I think about it in my spare time. I oh, like, sure. I want to talk about it. I want to yeah. get ideas for it and, and all that stuff. And that's because people actually listen to it. So, so you don't, so as you're saying that, and, and I, I do want to say thank you very much for people that are consistent. Anyone that listens, thank you. I, I mean, I appreciate that. That's, that's awesome. There's a lot of channels out there, a lot of things you can listen to. Um, but again, I just want to go back to that one thing about, um, if you're a hockey player, hockey parent, no, no, let me say it this way. How many times do people come up to me and try to ask a question and they, they, they start the sentence or they start the conversation in real life saying, you know, I, I know I feel, I, I sound like, I sound like a whiner or I don't know, this is a kind of a weird question or really I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to ask you this. Mm-hmm. And they tell me some of these issues, right? And I think that's one of the things that I don't think people, parents, kids, like there's, there's things out there you don't understand or you have to deal with. Right. It's like, it's like, you know, like, like people that have mental illness and people are, it's almost like a, there's a stigma around it that it's a negative thing when there's nothing you can do about it. Or sometimes you just are in a, a depressed state. Like that's mm-hmm. not really me. But so when I first heard of people being depressed, like years and years ago, I'm talking in my twenties be like well just snap out of it like why 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 do you be depressed i didn't understand it it there's a it's almost like that like where people are like embarrassed that i don't know how to solve a kid yeah. with my kid's issue or i don't know how to deal with my coach and it's like it's okay because you've never been there before yeah, how would you know yeah and it's like you know, so if, if you're depressed and you keep it to yourself if you don't go see a, a psychologist or uh whatever some kind of doctor to talk it through maybe they just make sense and it changes things mm-hmm. so it's the same thing in this situation is if if you listen to it, there's some, there's things that go, oh, okay, that makes sense. So when people came come in to talk to me, or they'll say, hey, I got an issue with this, it's almost like they're like they feel like they're less of a man, or you know, ap- apologetic for it. It's yeah, like, no, these yeah. are good questions, man. And and I, it, five minutes to solve an issue or a strategy to help you is is uh, is good. And I don't think lesser of anybody because I do the same thing in business and stuff. Like I, right? I'm not the smartest yeah. guy in the world. Yeah. Well, not the, dumbest guy yeah. either. So, so just for me to finish this off, if you want to book, a, you know, a call with a, a parent, coach, uh, player issue that you would like me to spend time and maybe help you through it, um, be do it. I like listen, man. It's not about uh, 
you know, I'm not a garbage can with a hairy lid. That's not what it is, but it's, it's, I can help. If I can help, I'll help. So it's a matter of reaching out and we can book a 30 minute session or whatever, lay on my couch, turn the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, and, and just help you through it, man. And yeah. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. In fact, when people are in situations that they don't know about, the, the, the dumb thing to do is nothing. Where if you do have a resource, like someone reached out yesterday saying that they enjoyed the podcast so much and they, they shared it. And um, he, he used to play hockey as well. And he said um, that he wished he had something like this that when he was 17, 18, 19. Right? So yeah. he said, go ahead, reach out, man. Like, like, yeah, for that's sure. That's what, what I, it's for. That's what this, the is what this, is, this is what this is yeah, for. That is what it's for. It's yeah. for the, that's what the member thing is yeah. for. That's, that's what it's yeah. for. So I had one more thing I wanted to touch on kind of on that note for people when you are listening to us everything that we say and this goes for the podcast or like uh, the tiktok clips that we do or instagram social media stuff everything that we're we're saying it it almost almost always has a very specific circumstance that is being addressed with what we're talking about so what we're saying is applying to a certain set of circumstances it's we very rarely just throw out a general statement that applies to everything because right. normally that isn't the case, right? Almost yeah. always, actually, that's not the case. And one thing I'm finding with people that just like an observation from, I don't want to like spend too much time on the comment thing or whatever, but yeah. sometimes if we're just l- looking through like what people are saying for ideas or whatever, um, a common thing is like people get real nitpicky and I know it's easy to do on clips and stuff like that, but you have to think about what is the context that we're giving the advice in. So the one example from last week, people were talking about the, we were making fun of the kid's hair and what they wear and like the first impression kind of thing. And somebody was saying, I think they deleted the comment actually, because maybe they thought about it again after, but they said something about how, like I have a, I have a backwards hat. I have a chain. You can see the bling in, in, in the videos. Um, we're wearing gym clothes, both of us, whatever. And how can we talk about, you know, like first impression appearance when like we're not doing what we're saying kind of is what the, what the comment was. That was the tone of the comment. And it's, that's one of the, that's just a good example of the, you missed the, you missed the boat on what the message of the clip was. Right. So when you're, for, in terms of just as this example for your first impression, it's like it's a it's a has to be appropriate to the situation. Like so, for me, I'm sitting in the gym right now. This is where we work in the gym casually. Yeah. I'm not I'm not looking for to make an impression on a coach or a scout or a whatever, right? If I was going to a business meeting, is this would this be what I'm wearing? No, this isn't what I would wear. That doesn't mean you have to wear a suit everywhere, right? That doesn't yeah. mean you have to be dress to the nines or have your hair slicked back anytime you do anything yeah. right there's a context to what we're talking about yeah. so with a lot of the lessons that we're saying it's, that's an important thing to keep in mind when we're we're talking about anything it's never it's not really a black and white thing number one and then the second thing is we don't have all the answers either like there's a lot of times people will send me um you know emails or co- other comments or or whatever giving a different perspective or think a, yeah, a different way of talking about it really good exactly. i did through this and Yes, so that works. That's, that's great. Yeah. So that's, it's just like from our, our perspective, like what we've been through and stuff like that. Like we don't have all the answers all the time or anything like that. But just keep in mind when you're listening, everything that we're saying is very specific to what we're talking about in that episode, because we could have a very similar example that is along the same lines, but our advice would be totally different yeah. because it's the circumstances have just changed slightly, you know, so just keep that keep that in mind when you're, when you're watching, obviously we're not for the clothing thing or the hairdo thing. It's like, we're not saying you can't ever wear what you want to wear and you have to wear a black tie gown everywhere yeah. you go. But you know what I mean? You just have some, you have to have some critical listening well, ability. Think, the thing right? with that is like, like, as you're saying that I'm going, cause you know, I, every now and then I'll go and look at comments and they pop up on the thing. And you know, for every hundred, hundred good ones we get one guy that says how can you give that advice when your hat's on backward it's like okay you didn't listen to the clip yeah, yeah. And you, you, you're like like really dude yeah really yeah like do we do, do yeah what do you want us to wear of a, a velvet like look, look like bobby vinton on here like you know what <laughs> i mean t- top hat yeah yeah because you know, like, we're doing a hockey podcast yeah. in a gym like it's just like i'm not trying to get a job anywhere yeah you know that's right and uh like i'm a, we're appealing to a certain community anyways if yeah. you start wearing the bobby vinton outfit yeah. Then uh, people just the comments about like nice velvet suit yeah, you got exactly. on there, brother, yeah. with the flowery shirt. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Anyways, yeah, yeah. All right, I digress. Yeah, That's enough funny, of this shit. Funny. 
Okay. Uh, so I'm good with that. So anyways, to, to wrapping all that up, just like, thanks again for everybody that's, that's listening. Yeah, it's I awesome, sin- man. sincerely mean it, man. It's, it is so cool. Like seeing where it's going. Yeah. And I, th- I know it'll be like a big part of, of what we're doing down, down the road. So, yeah. um, so that's great. That's all I got. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Good. For 25 minutes. Jesus. Christ. Really? Yeah. 20 oh, minutes. Shit, 20 man. minutes. Yeah. 20 wow. minutes. Cool. Yeah. So I was, uh, was having a conversation with one of my players the other day. And uh, interesting, man. We we're out for breakfast and stuff, and uh, the, I just I've got a couple notes here to keep me in line. Yep. So um, started off with because uh, he's known some of the players that I've trained, and uh, like even that uh, like when I was in Detroit, knew some of the players there. And his his question to me was, "Hey, Andy, why like he named a player? He goes, why do you think that guy didn't make it, or why did this guy make it over this guy?" Or, did you ever see this guy make it? Like, how come, like, it's weird, eh? And I go, yeah, it's, it's weird, but it's, um, there's different reasons. Right. And so like, one of the things was, first of all, so, and it goes back to a lot of the conversations we had before, just because someone was good at 14 or 15, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be good at 17 or 19. Um, just because someone is a really good, like we, we were talking about this in our office the other day is it's funny to see how, you know, people project someone that just gets points or is dominant at midget. And then if they get drafted to the OHL or college or something like that, it, the game doesn't translate. Right. I was just about to use that word. Yeah. It just doesn't translate for some reason. It's the game doesn't, the, the game that they play in midget doesn't transfer into junior. Well, right? Or their body stops or they peak, right? The guys that play really good in junior, like you'll see, uh, you'll see this all the time, right? Like my, my son was asking me the other day, Hey, whatever happened to David Levin? So he was a first overall pick to the Sudbury Wolves, I think maybe 12 to 2012, maybe earlier than that first overall pick. And I said, uh, you know what? I, I not much, like he did a little bit of pro stuff. So I ended up playing in, in uh, Europe a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Nothing, nothing major first overall. Yeah. And he goes, oh, so Charlie's like, wow, that's, uh, what happened? I said, was he, was it a bullshit pick? I said, no, at, at the time he was the number one rated guy, but, and he had a decent junior career, nothing spectacular, but there's a guy that his game didn't translate from midget to, to major junior hockey. Yeah. So could it have been his skating? No, his skating was probably, his skating was excellent. His skill set was excellent. So maybe there was a mental block. Maybe there was, he didn't know how to get along in a room. And, you know, all these different things translate. Yep. And it's, the same thing happens in junior to pro. There's guys that you look and, uh, you know, you, you know, we talk about this all the time. You know, like, really? That guy made it? Or that guy's didn't only had 15 points one year in junior? It's like, yeah, because now you're taking roles. You're taking different positions. Uh, you're taking different uh different needs for teams and, and, and a quality that maybe doesn't look as good in junior translate into a pro level. So there's a lot of things that can happen on why someone doesn't get to the next level. Right. Yeah. And then it could be also sometimes it's a circum- circumstance, like maybe they've peaked and maybe there's a circumstance, which will bring me to the actual next point where they didn't know how to get through. Like maybe it's, uh, they didn't get ice time their first year and it was just a really frustrating thing. And they just didn't know how to get through that. Yeah. They couldn't yeah. battle back from that one. Yeah. Couldn't battle back. Like just one of those things where it was like a, an event or a thing that was like hitting a brick wall. Right. Yep. So that was, that's what brings me to my next point is where you got, you got oh, I was just going to cut in for a bit. Yeah, go you, ahead. You, you wanna, go ahead. Want to breathe? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Cause I was wanted to talk about that translatable thing. Right. Cause okay. I, I don't know if you're going to revisit that again later, but, um, that's one that people don't really understand. People don't understand that. And I didn't really understand it until you taught me about it, actually. That's the right. reason why I learned about it is you can have a kid. We were talking about one kid the other day. He's having a great year in the OHL right now. And he's a very good player. But what I, I always, one of my favorite things to ask you, which is it's just like pure speculation because you can't really know. But right. it's like, do you think that kid could be could play in the NHL or right. whatever? And it's just fun yeah. to do the, yeah. the thought experiment of why they might or might not be able to yeah. right and this one kid that we're, we were talking about i think yesterday yeah it was really good player but we just don't see it nope. happening in the nhl and for this guy so he plays he's got a ton of points this year he plays a pretty gritty style game but he's not super tough he just plays gritty so he's like a he's got a little bit of quickness but he digs in the corners he can make plays he but he's not the best he's not the best skater he's not the best stick handler he's not the best shooter he's not the best at anything he's just good at everything yeah 
and he can weasel his way around through the yeah. corners and he's a little bit slippery and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But when we take all of those factors into consideration, can you plug in him playing that style for the Detroit Red Wings? Right. And the way that he plays, if he keeps that exact same way of playing, we don't think it would be enough for him to get over the hill. Yeah, I don't think so. To, to make it happen consistently in, yeah. the, in the NHL. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about with that translatable, where you could get a guy that doesn't have nearly as many points, yeah. but maybe he's a big, strong kid that plays on the wing. Yeah. And you're like, well, he's not going to be an offensive player in the NHL, but he could be a really good PK guy, or yep. he could be a really good shutdown third line or fourth line guy. Yep. So even though this other player seems to be dominating in junior right now and having a fantastic year, you could have this other guy that has doesn't have nearly the same points, yep. but for an NHL team or an NHL skill, look, and they're like, yeah, I can see that. I can see that body or I can see that style of play on our team in this position, yep. right? And that's kind of the, the translatable thing. And people don't see that. It's just kind of like, oh, he's dominating in the OHL. He's for sure going to be an uh, NHL guy, you know, yep. and because people don't really know how to how to gauge that type of play. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So that's it's, a really, like take really a look, interesting take, thing. Take a look at a goalie, right? So yep. you might get a goalie that gets to play junior or college. And I don't know a whole lot about goalies. That's one thing I, I just know it was 30 shots and it was – they they won the game and there was only zero or one goal scored. Yeah. He probably had a pretty good game, but like you t- take a look at a goalie, a kids kicking pucks, and you see this a lot of the kids. Well, here's another example: you take a lot of kids that play for the Canadian national junior team and the World Juniors. You think that okay, these are supposedly the best players in Canada, and they are kind of, sort of, yeah. But there's very very small percentage of those players play in the NHL, let alone be yeah. great NHL. That's right. You know, like everyone will say, Oak oh, McDavid was, uh, you know, and they go through the list. There are guys, but yeah. most of those guys aren't NHLers. Mm-hmm. So the translatableness to yeah. get to the pro levels, like the NHL level anyways, is uh, it's a different ball game, mm-hmm. right? And then, yeah. then, then, it, then it also shows you how actually, how hard it is to get to the NHL and stay there. Sorry, I want to punch that again. The Team Canada thing is such a freaking good example because you think here's the world juniors. These are the best junior players in Canada. Yeah. Right. It, or guys from school, like anyone from Canada, can be on the World Junior Team. That's right. Right. College anyone that junior, was born. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And most of them, once you get outside, maybe their top five players. Let's say, if I had to make a guess, maybe this is wrong, but if I had to make a guess, you get outside the top five players on that team. Not so sure if they're going to be guys that stick in the NHL or not. And you could you could get how many kids that never play a game at the World Juniors and yeah. they're like established NHL 100%. players for. Yeah five to 10 years, Yeah, you know, it's just so different. And people don't think that like they think about world juniors, like these guys are shoeing NHLers, like these guys are playing in the NHL. And that's, that's probably part of the reason why they get such great crowds because you think this is like the best of the best. Like this is the future of hockey, right? These kids are the that's future one of, of the hockey. Things. It's, you know? it's, the, it's the worldwide thing. It's yeah. the future of hockey. It's the Christmas time yeah, yeah, yeah. tradition yeah, yeah, and all that right. stuff. And, right. and, and to be fair, it's the only big in Canada. Did you know yeah, that? Yeah, I know. No one in the world cares, cares about the junior team. I know. So funny. It's it's marketed by TSN, and yeah. you think it's the greatest tournament in the world, and it is. Yeah, but it isn't. Yeah, that's probably why it's yeah. most, most of the time it's hosted in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? No, that's exactly but, it. Anyways, but so that brings me to like even you could take the World Junior thing. It's it's that's what I. Uh, whatever. It means <laughs> it, which brings me to the point that that translatableness and all that stuff brings me to that point of. You be what happens is you become disappointed. And a lot of the things with these kids that didn't make it or didn't get to the next level, they ran into some adversity or whatever, is that there was disappointment along the way that they didn't know how to manage. Disappointment and frustration that they didn't have a manage, have to manage. And that to me is something that stops a lot of people. A lot of people. Yep. Because it's like like let's be let's be honest. If we can go through life, like if I could if we could start all start a business. And we can say, okay, I want, I have this idea. I'm going to start it. And then you, you start making millions of dollars every year. That would be awesome. But the reality is, is there's going to be a lot of disappointments or frustration before you ever get to that point, if you ever get to that point, right? And it's no different as a hockey player. So like to be clear, to get to certain levels, I'm not saying the National Hockey League. I am saying that, but I'm also saying college. I'm also saying major junior. I'm also saying getting to a junior B. Whatever level you are, whatever you're striving for, and most kids want to play in the NHL, even though they say, 
even though say they don't, if, if you could tell a little kid that wasn't even any good, you could play through the Edmonton Oilers, they'd be they'd be jacked. Yeah. Right. So it's it's getting to the next level. Um, you have to. There's going to be a lot of disappointments because it's it's just a higher level, right? So to me, you have to be just good enough to get there. Like you, there's some there's a part of you that has to be like before you manage disappointments, like there's a certain base level of skill and work ethic and natural, natural ability or hockey sense and all that stuff to get you to a certain level. Like if you skate on your ankles and, and you shoot muffins, if or you can't even pass a puck, mm. you're probably not going to be a triple a hockey player. Yep. Right. There's going to be a lot of work. So being disappointed without doing the work is, that is different from getting from triple a to maybe junior B or junior a like the next level. I'm not talking major junior yet, but I'm just getting there. There's there's a certain level that you have to be at to just get into the league to survive uh, to get into a tryout even right and then to get to major junior NHL it's like there's certain levels that you just have to be excellent at and cream of the crop at right so take take this information appropriate to where you are yeah. and where you want to be for the next little bit right yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna assume assuming you're good enough to get there. Yeah. Now we're talking yeah. about so, yeah. So if we talk about the NHL or major junior or college, it's like that's that's elite, elite, elite players. But we, like this can apply to a, someone that wants to just have a good season in house league. Okay. It could apply yeah. to someone that wants to get to another level. Yep. Right. Okay. Good. So so when when everything's equal, meaning you and I work the same, we're at basically the same level, the same opportunities because we're like you know we're very good high end hockey players. When everything be is equal, is, is what's what's one of the separators, and and part of managing disappointment is mental toughness, right? Like obviously, you have to have a brain to get through tough times, right? Yep. But uh, to me, it's it's getting from one disappointment to the other, and I know that sounds like kind of weird. What does that mean? Well, it, it simply means that when you when you play this game, you're 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 going to have a bunch of disappointments along the way, and a big part of getting to your goal is making it through each disappointment. It's just getting to the next one. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So like, so, to, so to be clear, as you play this game or as you go through life, to be honest with you, your life will be a whole bunch of disappointments. And if you don't realize that going in, then you're going to be extremely disappointed, I guess, if you can say. Yeah. Would you, would you say, I was going to say this, I don't know if I believe it entirely, but I'm thinking when I, cause when I reflect just quickly right now, yeah. I feel like when I played, it was it was more disappointments than highlights. Hundred percent. Right? So I got an example okay. like before you go there. Yep. I was talking to well, actually I'm going to be talking about Eric Wellwood in a second, but Eric Wellwood coaches in the Leaf system with uh, in the East Coast League, mm-hmm. and we were talking about a player, and he said this player has an injury, and he he keeps, I don't know, man, like it's still sore, it's still sore. So Eric finally said, "Goes honestly." Go out and play, because if you if you think you're going to feel good every time you go out and play, you're wrong. You're only going to feel good as a professional hockey player seven or eight games a year. Yeah. So get over it. You're going to have to feel uncomfortable for a while. To your point, there's yeah. probably more disappointments than highlight, and I would say that's everybody. Yeah, and, that's and I, everybody, including even though the, the, what you would consider a Connor McDavid or a Sidney Crosby disappointment, most people would say, well. I wouldn't wouldn't mind having that, but you don't understand. Everyone's got different it's, it's levels, relative, and it's a man. different. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a relative comparison. Yeah. Like, right? Um, yeah. So, because just the way that I'm thinking about it is, and and people need to understand. I feel like it's a, that's fair to say it was more playing the game was more disappointments than highlights. Absolutely. And if that is to be the case, you have to know that go- going into it. Like you, if you can understand that going into it, then you're not constantly being bombarded with feeling like shit because yeah. you know, if this is part of the process, like we talk about the process all the time yeah. and you're going to get hurt. You're going to get benched. You're going to not score for five games. You're going to whatever fill in the blank. It's a lot easier to tally up small negatives than it is to get, Oh, that was really great. You know, getting getting the win, getting the goal consistently on a consistent basis, it's harder to do that than it is to because even if you just have something that's average, yeah. If you have an average game, that's more disappointing than it is good. Okay, so right? you take you take a, a a batter in baseball, right? Yeah. A good average is three hundred is really good. Yeah. 
Like really good. Yeah. That means out of t- every time, ten times a bat, you got you hit three. Yeah. There you go. That's right. That's a really successful bi- a, a hitter. Exactly. Very successful. So, so you, sorry. Yeah. No, that's it. So that that's it, right? Like that's a that's a success is going three for ten. Yeah. So if when you put it in that kind of in that context, it's like. And you, you can, that is replicated everywhere. Like you can see it everywhere. Like a good, what's a good power play percentage? 25. That's a really good. Yeah. Right. Like, like what all of these things, when you're getting a bunch of wins in a row. Yeah. It's rarely, it's as a team, you can go on like a crazy win streak or something like that. But when you get down to like individual metrics, you're going to be more on the losing end. And even if you're average, if you're just doing average, at least for me, my perception when I do average is negative. It's not good. Like, I don't think, mm-hmm. oh, I did average. Great. Mm-hmm. You know, you only think, you don't only think that you did well if you're like 75% and up kind of thing, right? Yeah. If you're 75% and down, it's like, mm, or it's like, wow, that was really shitty. So yeah. the, the, how you can skew the way you think about it is always going to be towards the negative, you know? So yeah. your, your perception of what is a disappointment is going to happen way more often than having a positive experience with whatever you're doing. Because yeah. just being average is going to be perceived as disappointing because you don't want to be yeah. average. You want to be better yeah. than average, yeah. you know, yeah. but the average is the average. That's what's going to happen most of the time. So your perception, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. It's okay. Your perception of, of disappointment is just going to be way more. That ratio is going to be way more skewed towards that. So going into the game, you know, that's going to happen. You know, that's the reality. Now half the battle is how we kind of talk about you don't know what you don't know. Just knowing it, that's going to do a world of, of help for you. Yeah. Just knowing that that is what's going to happen. Yeah. I know one, even I know talking to Charlie, he's been, he's great at, at keeping that framework yep. as much as a kid can do it yep. where it's like, yeah, this is shitty, but I know, I know, yeah. I know like how much he says the I know words when things are going shitty. It's like, yeah, you just got to keep your head on man and just keep, he's like, yeah, I know, but he's aware of this is the reality of the game, you know? So yeah. as a, as a kid, like starting to come up, I know I'm starting to ramble, but it's just as no, a kid it's, starting it's, to come up, good. like you got to know, yeah. you got to know that it's coming. Right. Yeah. Well, just to ramble a little bit more yeah. is that you look at a hockey game, right? How many, if you get 10 shots on net, how many times you score? Yeah. Right. If you, if you, if in sales, it's they, the, the average is, for you to say yes to something, I got to ask you seven times. Yeah. So if you're a salesperson, and, and I'm not saying like a, a, I'm talking a good salesperson, someone that could do something, right, to get you to say yes, you have to hear it seven times. Yep. And, and so so what happens is most salespeople go out and they try to sell something and they talk to someone and they get, the guy goes, yeah, I'm not that interested right now. And that's the last they ever hear from. So you, give, you never give yourself a chance. Yeah. And it's the same with when I was, when I started my business. You know, it's the greatest example ever is... You know, I said, okay, I've got this great idea. I'm going to start start doing this. And when I was talking to people, like how successful my business is now compared to like, right, you would never think this happened to me. But I was talking to people like, yeah, this is what I'm going to be doing. Like I went talk face to face with people and people like, I remember one guy took a pamphlet that I had and he took it, crumpled up and goes, yeah, okay, whatever, bud. And I was like, Grr. and that could have yeah. like, I could stop people dead in their tracks, right? Because sure. it's very disappointing. It's crushing. Yeah. You throw in your, your great idea out and someone just goes, yeah, shut up, man. Right. Yeah. So th- like this is, this is actually life. Yeah, like you're, the, you're, you're losing more than you're winning. Yeah. that's the marketing thing too. Like when I was yeah. first sold the, the first program online that I ever sold, I was like, man, I can see how many people are clicking on it and people, yeah. people aren't buying it. Yeah. And then one of the guys that we have, that's he's, he was working in the summer. He's does it. He's in accounting yeah. and he was looking, he's like, dude, you have like 2.5% of your clicks being converted. sales, yeah. converted sales. He's yeah. Like that's good. He's yeah. like, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you would, you would expect like 2.5%. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. It means yeah, you're so. failing almost yeah. every time. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Anyhow. No, it's, it's amazing, man. So I, so I wanted to go back to like, I'm using Eric Wellwood because he's close to my heart. He's a good friend of mine. He worked for me where I, I worked with him. I trained him and all that kind of stuff. And and we had this managing disappointment talk several times, you know, and it's like something we always go back to and we kind of laugh at. Right. So, uh, Eric was, uh, so Eric Wellwood currently coaches the East coast, uh, team for the Toronto Maple Leafs with, uh, Newfoundland growlers. Previous to that, he was coaching the Flint firebirds of the OHL. Previous to that, he was coaching the Oshawa generals as an assistant coach for a couple of years. And previous to that, he, so let me go back to now his hockey career. So his, now think about this. His brother, Kyle Wellwood, another uh, client of ours, he 
was a, a, a superstar, first round pick in the OHL. Um, what was it? Uh, anyways, he, I think he won the scoring title and it was right knocking on the door another time. He's just a superstar. He played for the national junior team, um, played in the NHL, San Jose, Winnipeg, Toronto, um, and just like a super skilled guy. And it was like almost like things were easy. In fact, like to be quite honest with you, Kyle was not a hard worker. He, he refused to work out. He, he didn't care about his body. He didn't really care about hockey that much. He was mm. just really good at it. Yep. Right. So he had that base where he's just going to be good at it. He's his to screw up. And, and, I'm not saying he screwed it up because he didn't really care enough to screw it up, but he played, he had a good career, mm-hmm. right? Then you take Eric on the opposite side. This guy was, he's, he is, uh, I know people are going to say, no, he's not. Yeah, he is. He's, he's Connor McDavid speed. He's uh, Taylor Hall speed. He's like that lights out so fast. fast. He's so fast. Yeah. So he grew up playing uh, in this area. And then was dropped in the fourth round of Spitz. He was a skinny little runt. Still is a skinny little guy. Um, and uh, he went to the fourth or fifth round of the Spitz. Windsor Spitfires. That that year, he didn't make the Spitz right away. They brought him up for 23 games. The next year, he played 68 games. So this is a, as a 17-year-old. So 68 games, he had 16 points. And the team was actually starting to get good. Taylor Hall, uh, Adam Henry. Yeah, man. The two Memorial Cups on, on that team, yeah. right? Uh, 16 points. He had nine goals and seven assists. Nothing to get too excited about, right? Um, the next year, and this guy's good, man. This yeah. guy was good. The next year, 61 games, he had 34 points, 16 goals. The, in his last year of junior, 65 games, 68 points, uh, 30, 31 goals, I think it is. Okay. Now, who cares about the stats? In those last two years, they won – the Windsor Spitfires won two Memorial Cups. Okay. In those last two years, that's where Kyle or uh, Eric would have been like a 19, 18, 19 year old guy. Right. And at 18 was his draft year. Didn't get drafted. Didn't play on one power play in those last two years, except for one time when Taylor Hall, Ryan Ellis and someone else was at the world junior team. He got a couple cracks at the, on the power play. He, he, he got all his points, even strength or shorthanded. Yeah, I'm just, I have a, his thing pulled up here. Yep. So his last his last year, he had 68 points in 65 games. Thirty. He scored 31 goals, and he yeah. played. He was a third fourth line guy. Third right? fourth. Okay, so this is where we're going. He's a third fourth line guy. Yeah. Okay. Didn't get a power play. So if you look at every kid that that goes through the Ontario Hockey League. And, and, you know, I, I just don't have stats for college, but it's relative. It's always relative. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a development period. See, because everybody wants to have everything and they want to have it now. I get that. Right. And it's, it's hard to understand that you don't. So you, he looks at this lineup and he makes the team and he's contributing. And but he's not Taylor Hall. Mm-hmm. He's not Adam Henrique. He's not Ryan Ellis ice time. Right. Yep. Lochtianov, all these guys. So he's like a second fiddle guy, maybe even third fiddle. But yeah. he did a job and he did it well. So he said, like, he was just wanted to get a power play. And he went through everything that a kid went through. You know, you, you, you complain about it a little bit. You, you wish you had more. If I had more, I could do that too. Uh, I just need the opportunity. And then it was like his last year, he's like, well, I need to get some ice time. I just want to get traded. So he flirted with the idea of asking for a trade. And then he just didn't. He just suck it, sucked it up and he, and he played real hard, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he was a really good five-on-five player. So a lot of times you think that no one notices that. It's like, ah, you're just, you're just the third or fourth line guy and it's, you know, Taylor Hall has 112 points and you've got 61, right, yeah. or whatever. It's like you're half the player, yeah, right? So you think nothing happens. Well, that final year, after going through it and all those disappointments, so what are the disappointments? Well, I kind of think I went through them, right? Yeah. You're you're on the fourth, third, fourth line. You've done it for two, three years, maybe even going into four. Yeah. It's like well, I I have no chance. Mm-hmm. Disappointed. I want a power play. I want more ice. I want to be the go-to guy. And it's just it's never going to happen. Win Memorial Cups. Okay, that's that, of course that's great. But it's like maybe personally I would have been better on a lesser team where I got more ice and more points, right? So his last year, he does get drafted to the Philadelphia Flyers in the fifth round. So it's like, okay, there's there's a, a pretty good thing. So he goes and he plays in the American League and got a couple games his first year with the Philadelphia Flyers and played great. Got his first goal and things are moving along. He gets so that everything's good, new coach next year. 
Yeah. So, and this is like a, another disappointment. Like, yeah. okay, I fit in here. Just when you think everything's going well, it was like, oh, okay. Like that's like getting a freaking sledgehammer right across oh, the yeah, head. Dude. Yeah. It's like everything was going my way. Yeah. And now that, so they made a trade, sent him down a little bit and he was playing great. Right. Yeah. He was an NHL guy, got sent down. So then he gets in a game. Uh, a player, his own, he was doing a crossover to make a check. His own skate blade cuts his femoral artery or his, uh, whatever main artery in his ankle. He was minutes away from dying. It was an emergency blood all over the place. I remember. Oh, and that yeah. was his career. And he showed the pictures after his operation it was just absolutely disgusting. It looked like someone took a chainsaw oh, to, his, God. to his ankle. And, and now from, from there on his, that's the end of his hockey career. Yep. So talk about being disappointed. Like that was stuff that you could never see. And. I mean, this kind of stuff happens, not necessarily to that extent all the time, but, but you look at, you look at the guy and it's like, how did this guy get through? Well, not how did he get through? He just, he had the stick to it enough, stick to enough to stay with it until he was done. Yeah. And you know what? Then he just started, just started to get into coaching and coaching in his world was the exact same thing, right? He starts off an assistant and uh does well then he goes to flint where it was kind of a shit show of an organization at a time and and then he goes and uh has a winning thing and then the owners are you know off the charts weird and it's a dysfunctional situation and all that kind of stuff and uh but you, you stick to it you know he just knows that there's going to be another disappointment coming you know he's going to have a whole bunch of success he's having good success in the east coast league he's a great coach and you know, he knows something's going to happen at some point and he's got to decide, do I want to keep doing this or do I want to quit? Right. Yeah. You look at a situation like, you know, just as I was thinking about this as coaches, I wanted to say, you know, what's, what's a coach that's been through a situations, right? Not ideal. So I was just thinking like Jeff Blashill that was coaching the Detroit Red Wings. Right. So he was, uh, I guess he was a very good coach. I don't know the guy. Don't, you know, I just going by what I see. Um, but he was a very good coach, had a really successful American league um, team when he was coaching there. Then he gets what every coach's dream is to coach in the National Hockey League, and he gets promoted to the Detroit Red Wings. Well, thank you. You know, one of the dreams came true. He worked hard to get there, but he's given a team where Detroit was going through a total rebuild. So there's not a chance that he can succeed as a coach the way a coach wants to succeed. Yep. So he got his, you know, he probably made really good money, got his five years or whatever, six years coaching the Detroit Red Wings when Babcock left after the Stanley Cups. And it was a total rebuild. And it's like the guy can't win. You're not winning. You can't win. Yep. So that's a, a total disappointment. I got my dream, but here's a, here's a, I don't know, how do I bounce back from this? Yeah, for sure. Right? So, you I, know, that's, that's, that's hockey, man. Yeah. That is hockey. So, so I want to just do a little, a recap for, on Eric's, situation because it's the same situation everyone has some version of it and the disappointments come in all different flavors right yeah so what you said when he started so he was well even before he played in the ohl he was like a he was a superstar like double a player right oh god yeah because he was scoring like 100 yeah. something do you want yeah right so he went from that kind of confidence and success when he was in minor hockey jumps up to his trip i saw his draft year triple a his last yeah. year i think he only played the one year or did he play more than one Triple A. Um, I think he played two. Two years. Yeah, so he anyways. In, he went in minor Bantam or yeah, major Bantam? Major Bantam. And then, major so Bantam. his midget minor year, he was like under a point a game. So maybe yeah. not the top guy as bad he team. was. Yeah, bad team as he was in double A or whatever. So there's your first layer where yeah. it's like, man, like this isn't as fun. Yeah. Then he goes to the OHL where he's supposed to be a good player. And he's has the first year that every kid has in junior where it's your the th fourth line guy struggling to get ice, whatever. But you're thinking, I'll get to that. 18 19 where i get to play yeah maybe well, you not. also take he's a superstar player right and he got drafted in the fifth round yes like most kids that are going to play in the nhl don't expect to be get drafted in the fifth round of the ohl draft right right yeah you know and he was exactly. a superstar could fly no one's no one was faster than right him. so he goes fifth round? really so he goes from on that windsor team and windsor was always was not a very good team like I remember when I was young, when they were playing at the barn before Taylor Hall, they were always crap. They weren't good. No, they weren't crap. They had a couple crap years, but they were they, like Mike Kelly was when he was uh, after Mike Kelly. They were a little. They were. There was like a stretch of a few years yeah. when I was a kid. They played at Windsor Arena because that's barn. when they drafted Taylor Hall right. second overall. Right. So they had a couple years there. Exactly. But before that, when Mike Kelly had it, it yeah. was uh, they were pretty strong. Every right. Year. So that's uh, Wellwood. All those. Yeah. Guys. yeah. So Odd. you're going into maybe like a a, a poor team at the time. Eric Wallwood because yep. he was drafted around when Taylor Hall was drafted, yep. right? 
So now you're like, okay, I'm on a a weaker team. I'll probably get some opportunity, but no, not the case. Then you're in your third and fourth year and you're thinking, okay, I'll get some opportunity. Not the case. You got you got Taylor Hall, yeah, Ryan Ellis, Nemus. They brought in uh, Dale Mitchell to yeah. come play. They got all these superstars because they're making a run for two yeah. years in a row. Yeah. And so now he's got to bite that. Yeah. Then he finally gets a break where he gets okay. I got drafted. Now I get I'm going to get a chance in the in the NHL. Yeah. And he's got to go through the ups and downs of yeah. AHL NHL. What yeah. that does to you mentally. Then you get a coaching change when you think everything's going good and now it's a complete curveball. And I remember that happened to me when I got traded and that sucks. And before I got traded. And then he gets hurt. Yeah. And it's like just one after another, after another, after another. When you look at that in its entirety, the only real highlight, you get two highlights out of all those disappointments as an observer of what happened. He got drafted to the OHL. That's cool. And then he got an opportunity to play in the NHL. Yep. So in that stretch of four years in the OHL, his two previous years of minor hockey, and then his three, four years after his last year. We're talking about a decade. Yeah. In a decade, it seems like there's two highlights. Yeah. <laughs> and everything yeah. else is just yeah. uh, uh, getting pummeled by, by you have to deal with this mentally, yeah. right? So that I wanted to point that out because there's a very different types of disappointments that you can get all yeah. along the way yeah. from coaching changes to playing time to injuries to whatever yeah. the case is. And all of those things are more of the same. You have to be able to battle through that to whatever degree, you know. Hundred so. percent. I want to go to the next little part. Is like how I want to just like as a youth hockey player to a you know a teenager playing junior college, whatever to to NHL. It's like in youth hockey. What are some of the things that could be disappointing to you? And like some people will say, well, that's that's just life, man. But your kids, right? Your kids, and you want to play hockey and have fun and have have things go well so disappointment could be the ice time you're getting right sometimes you get a coach that's just place to win some play fair like either way you could be disappointed in your coach you could be disappointed in your ice time you could be disappointed that you know all those kids on your team your best friends on the ki- on your team have the best equipment and, and your parents can't afford that it's not like your parents are jerks it's just they can't it's like yeah of course it's your kid of course you're disappointed that someone got the brand new stick every time a new stick comes out and you have to your dad's finding you the second hand and, you know, heavy at the bottom and all that kind of stuff. Not second hand, second tier, right. Or the skates or whatever. Uh, it could be, you know, you didn't get invited to the spring camp that the, the top guys got, you know, you feel like you're in that, in that quality of hockey, but you yeah. didn't get the invite or it's, 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 it, is it, it, it uh, uh, the, the selection camps, all the, the big things where people get a little bit of, glory and maybe you didn't get that right could be disappointed in teammates right different things like that um as you get older it could be like when you're getting 15 16 17 depending if you if you're into the ohl or canadian hockey league or college doesn't matter everybody in canada anyways would like to get drafted to the chl whether they want to play college or not it's a feather in your cap yeah. right so it's when you're when you're playing and you feel like you're a good hockey player and all of a sudden you're you're hearing that other guys are getting talked to by teams or they're getting interviews or they get drafted and you you got left behind it's disappointing you just say well what about me that's what kids do right like even if you're not the best player on the team what about me um and 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 how do you deal with that right um and one one good example is we have a kid here that uh i'm really proud of this guy because he was a uh um how do i say this okay so when he was growing up in youth hockey he was like an immature hockey player. Like he had some, not, I wouldn't say he was highly skilled or anything, but he played a tough enough game. Uh, he was skilled enough, skated okay. And, but he played an immature game and it was like, let's get points. He was a defenseman, get points, get points. And, and he would try to skate through people and do everything almost individually. Um, and go out of his way to do things to, to, to be relevant. So he didn't get drafted and, you know, of course he was disappointed. And then he went from there uh didn't get on a junior b team right away and uh so he went to play u18 had a pretty good year the important thing that he did is like with this disappointed it fueled him he was disappointed that he didn't get drafted he got disappointed that uh he didn't make a junior b team but it fueled him and he consistently came to the gym and worked out he consistently uh did everything eat right and work hard and work on his game and uh was a good student and all these different things to, to make himself better. And now he's 
in his uh, year and a half. Like he played, he was up and down a little bit in junior B last year. This year he's playing junior B and he's like putting points up. He's getting a lot of ice time. He's looking really good. He's continuing to work out. He's doing all the things that he can do. And now he's got teams talking to him from colleges and, you know, he's sitting there going, oh, okay, this is, this is great. And that's, that's really how you want to approach the disappointments because yep. he did it the right way and he's going to continue to. And, there's, there's, and so all this happening, he might not get that scholarship. He might not get a, a junior A invite or a, a chance somewhere else yet. But a, a, a kid like this is going to stick to it because it's just, he knows how to get through it. Right. Yeah. Which is really good. And then just other things like when you're in junior and stuff, it's like you get a new coach or you get, uh, what are, what do I have here? You get, you get, you, there's trades, you get traded or you're talked about in a trade. It's like, that's disappointing. Like you look at it like you know, someone doesn't want me or you get trades on your team to make it weaker, better, or you lose ice time. Like there's all these different things that could happen. There's injuries. There's, uh, um, you and your coach maybe don't see eye to eye. It's like disappointing because you're actually maybe playing well. Well, whatever, all that stuff, ice drafts, all that kind of stuff. Um, my point to this is that a lot of players just don't stick to it long enough. They just not that they just want the easy way. It's just that they don't. When, when that obstacle or that disappointment comes, is they sit in their diaper for too long. And I, I know yeah. that sounds like maybe not the nicest way to say it. It's just the way I say it. Um, and I don't mean it like really insulting, but it is what it is, is when the disappointments come, you just have to know that that was the next one mm -hmm. and you have to get through it. And when you get through it, um, there's going to be another one coming. And the most important thing that you want to understand is that, and then I hope people can really understand that is that when you have them and you get through it, like if you can look at that lens of getting through it, and dealing with the disappointment and getting to the next one, every time you get to that, get through one and get to the next, you're making yourself just a little bit stronger and just a little bit more mentally tough. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think for me, you go through going through like all the different examples of the disappointments and stuff is useful because now you should be able to identify some of that when it's happening to you, when you're, the disappointments are happening. And I think the key, the key to being able to manage disappointments from playing sport is to view it as part of the process. Like you have to view it as this is just part of the deal because then you can turn it into a no factor when you get hit with something that's disappointing or whatever. The one player that you're talking about, not only is he getting hit for years with not getting drafted, not making a junior team at the same time, he's watching his closest friends get all those things that he wants, you know, and he has to swallow that and keep putting the work in to, get himself to where he wants to be because what he could do is like you said just have poopy pants for the next three years and now nothing happens to you it does you no good to do that you know and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you can't be upset about it or you can't have a little bit of the why me you can have some of it for a short period of time if, if we were to say don't be disappointed just deal with it or don't be angry or don't get pissed off or don't whine about it at all, mm -hmm. then we're idiots. Yes. That's not the way it goes. And I was, you have to have a little bit of, you know, like whatever, whatever you want to call it, like a, a shitty diaper, like, like, like mope for a little bit. You're, it's okay yeah. to feel like, wow, man, this is like, I had an opportunity here and that guy took it away from me. Right. right. Yeah. And I was explaining this to one of the classes that I, I teach the other day. It, it, I was teaching the other day. It's a younger group of kids. I think they're grade eights. And we're playing this this stupid, like, keep it up game. And some of the kids that were, when they would lose or get out, like, just being a yeah. suck. Yeah. And the way that I framed it to them is you have to learn how to lose. You have to learn how to lose. And that's what, if, if you want to call a disappointment a loss, like, you have to learn how to take the loss. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to be happy about it. That doesn't mean you have to like it. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to be pretend positive yeah. about we all will bounce back. Like you don't have to do any of that. You don't have to have that pretend attitude, but there's a way for you to take that, internalize it, reflect on it, and then come up with a strategy to overcome whatever that loss was or whatever that disappointment is, right? right? Whether it's about no ice time, there's things you can do to fix that. Whether it's an injury, there's things you can do to fix that. 
a bad circumstance from the team perspective. There's yeah. things you can do to fix that, yeah. you know? And that's the most important thing is you, you identify the shitty things that are going to happen as part of the process of the game. And then you have to learn how to lose, man. You have to learn how to take that and, and develop a strategy after you go through your period of feeling bad for yourself and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So I'm going to wrap up with two things, how to manage or get through disappointments or frustrations. And then I just maybe something for parents. Yep. Okay, it won't, it's this is not going to take me long. Yep. So first of all, as a player, number one, know that they're coming. Frustration, disappointments, they're coming. No matter what you think, they're coming. Some way, shape, or form, they're coming and just always be ready for it. Enjoy and work work through your good times. But then when disappointments happen, understand that that's just, that's all it is. It's got to happen. It's part of life. Okay. Number two, don't, don't blame. At least don't do it for too long. Right. The worst thing that you can do is, is, blame other people for your circumstances right it's very easy to do and 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 if you if you say it, you can make a case for it every single time yep you know i didn't get ice and it's not my fault it's the coach just won't play me or is it is it is, yep. is there something in your control that can make a difference right so there's always something that you so what i would say is what you can do is look inside and say what when when there's a disappointment or a frustration that happens is like what can i do about it what how can i fix it right yep. so if it's a if it's an on ice thing, like if it's just in in general, right? You're not getting a lot of direction. It's like really understand those three four things that are, are your assets on the ice that that you do better than anyone or that you do very very well, and make sure you stick to that the the basic type of hockey that you that you play, and then and do it like extremely well, right? And then um, work on that perceived downfall that you may have, right? So if a coach is not giving you ice time. You know, try to figure out why. And maybe you have to communicate that with the coaches. What do I have to do? That's a very important thing is get the communication piece is really big either way. Um, but as if you're frustrated because you're not scoring goals, like, you know, it's not like there's something you can do about that, mm -hmm. right? You can sit there and say, I'm not getting chances and be disappointed in that. Or, uh, But there's actually, there's action steps that you can do, right? It's shooting more pucks, maybe watching videos, seeing where you're, you're falling short, right? If it's criticism from somebody, like maybe the, coaches or you're here you're like let's say you're at a higher level now and the scouts are saying yeah he's he's a good player but uh he's a turnover machine it's like okay you can cry and say well no i'm not other guys do it too that's not helping you it's like okay maybe we watch some video or you be honest with yourself and you look in that honesty mirror and say okay i'm a turnover machine where and how and maybe if you if you watch and you're being honest with yourself oh yeah every time i do not every time but often when i get at the blue line or peel a puck off the wall if I did it this way or if I had a coach help me do this, maybe that fixes it and it's over with, right? Yep. Maybe, maybe, yeah, or, or you're, you're skating. Your skating is uh, not good enough. It's like, okay, well, that's fixable. Don't cry because someone said your skating is not good enough. How, do you, how can you fix that? Can you get stronger? Can you get faster? Can you work on some technique? And if that's, that, that's, those are solve, that's something that you can solve rather than cry about, Yep. right? So, Absolutely. Um, and then again, Work on your perceived, work on those perceived downfalls and, and make improvements and, and, and disappointment might start disappearing. And then, then, like I said earlier, then you conquer something, right? You, you get through something. You're better, you're stronger. Like not just better on the ice or better in that situation because you got through it. You're better mentally. Like you're, you're tougher, man. You're tougher. Yeah. And, and that's an important thing. And the last thing is parents. This is like, this could be the make or break for a lot of kids. I take a lot of pride, honestly, that, my son and I, and, and the players that we train in general, we have very, very good, honest conversations, right? And of course, I let my son, when he when he goes through some things, vent. You know, we've had that conversation. And, that, and we have this conversation still. Are you just venting or do you want to talk about it? And sometimes he says, I'm just venting. Okay, so I just got to be a garbage can with a hairy lid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I want to be a, a good dad, yeah. right? And then other times he goes, no, like, I'm getting screwed here. This, that, the other thing, this is bullshit or whatever. It's like, okay, well, let's talk about what, and, and again, it's solve problems now. So as parents, my, my, my thing is, is, and it's hard sometimes if you, especially if you don't know what you're in, but you got to do your best to not put gas on the fire. So, cause negative goes real, real, uh, goes real bad, real fast. So if you start f finding the, 
uh, you know, the coach is a jerk. The coach is a jerk. Yeah, he's an idiot. He's an idiot. Then all of a sudden, the coach is an idiot. You don't listen to one thing, and you're 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 focused on yeah. The problem's not me, man. It's you. But the problem with that is the coach determines your ice time and determines your future to a certain extent. So you want to you want to fix your part. So you do whatever you can to fix those things. And uh, you know, it, it's the same thing with the parents. If if, if they hear like like I said, you got to work on your skating and stuff. As a lot of parents don't like to hear negative about their kids. So if you hear that your kid can't skate, it's like a high percentage of parents say, well, that's bullshit. He's fine. He's better than this guy. Well, that's not the answer, man. It's not the answer. If a scout or someone at a high level or someone's opinion is you're not a good skater, it's like maybe there's some truth to that. So, you know, help your kid solve those issues, right? Yep. The coaches uh, just doesn't like me. It's like, okay, you can say that to the um, – you can say to your kid, yeah, he's, he's an asshole. You can, and you can say that, but you say, okay, but we have to make it so that you and the asshole can work together yep. and, and you can still perform. So yeah, for sure. So that's it. And then that's, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's good. I think my, my take home, like the last thing I want to leave people with, cause we talked a lot about the types of disappointments and hopefully that we hammered it home, but the, the antidote to all of this, rather from the player perspective or the, parent perspective when something happens that's disappointing to whatever extent is exactly what you wrapped up in that last little piece with the action steps it's you have to actually make a plan yeah. to overcome it that is the key to overcoming it if you just sit and you don't actually do anything and and the plan has to be specific right that's the other thing it's like work harder it's like that's not a plan you know what is what specifically is the issue and then what specifically can you do to fix it Yep. Because then you can actually, you actually have something to try, you know, you have something that you can try to do. And if it doesn't work, then you can come up with a new plan, try something else specific that you can do to solve the problem. Because if it isn't that, like do this and then this and then this, now it's ambiguous and we don't know what we're actually trying to do, yeah. you know? And that's, we talk about that communication thing all the time, whether it's a coach talking to a player and they say, well, you, you need to have faster feet. It's like, what does that mean? It's like yeah. nobody knows what that means. So you have to make sure you're getting right down to, like you said, the three, four things. You can do that with yourself and how you play your game. You can do that to solve a problem. Okay, we're going to come up with three or four things we can try to do to solve this problem yeah. that you can start doing. Like now, you can start doing it, you know? Or maybe it's a conversation that you have with your coach, whatever it is. The only way you're going to get around that is by actually creating a plan to do that. And parents, you can help your kid do that because kids don't know how to do that. And then the kid, it's so tough because you're immature and you don't, your brain isn't really developed enough to do it, but you have to be willing to try to solve your own problem. And this is know? why the parent side, like, I, I can't stress enough that it's not about the big wins, man, mm -hmm. because the kids have to see, so, like when you're, when you're in a, when you're digging yourself out of something, it's like, it's sometimes it's a long road. It's just too big to see. So that's why it's really important as parents is that those little victories, you, you see little victories in your kid. And, 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 and I mean, it could be as simple as asking, you know, like encouraging the, your, your son or daughter to, to take action steps. Like, have you done it? But sitting down, talking to them. But when they do something very, very small, that's a positive. It's like that right there was good. Yes. So let's just take the game in general. Let's say the kid's really struggling. You go back to that four or five things that you that you're good at, and and the kid, you know, he didn't hasn't scored in a couple of games, but he got the puck out of his zone every every time, or nine times out of ten, he just got the puck out of his zone nice and clean. As a as a parent, if you can just notice those little things, man, you were good on the wall today. You got those pucks out, like you got it out. You made things safe. Way to go, man. That's a good step. And, and they might not even think it's a big thing, but they, they heard a good thing, mm -hmm. right? And your, and your effort tonight, like I really enjoyed, like I really watched that back check that you had coming back really hard. And like your effort was really good. So, you know, you put together, you had really good effort today. And you really got, you did those little things like getting the puck out of your zone and then you forechecked well. So that if you keep doing that, things are going to build. And it's, they've heard two, three things that, oh, okay, so you noticed yeah. something good rather than, Yep. You played well. You played hard. Like good work, right? Yeah. So it's those little things, and then and and they typically lead to others. Yeah, for sure. The the, the specifics are really important, man. Mm -hmm. It is one of the most important things for any 
whether it's an improvement or communication style or whatever, yeah. it's like you have to be saying things that actually mean something. Yeah. Just not just random nothings or the common like trigger words that people say that if you actually get down to what do you mean by that, nobody can really explain. Right. So it can't be that, you know, and that's, that's an important point with the parents too, is when you're, we've said this a million times, but when you're trying to come up with a plan, it's like you don't hijack the kid's problem because they're not receptive to you just dictating yeah. how to solve their problem. Like yeah. they don't, I was talking to one of the girls that trains here the other day, I was talking to her about, um, how she has to go talk to her coach. She's having issues like yeah, with the coach. I remember that, yeah. And she was saying, yeah, my parents, my parents tell me all the time that I should go talk to the coach and whatever, but they don't want to hear you tell them. It's like you, they need to come up with the idea. So like if you can do some brain ninja to help yeah. them to come up with the idea themselves yeah. without explicitly saying, yeah. well, you're not talking to your coach. So yeah. what do you expect? Or, or another way to do that, and I did this with Charlie one time, or maybe, yeah, it was one time. He had to, he had to address an issue in uh, Pee Wee. And I said, you got to do the talking now. And he goes, okay. So would you like me to come with you? Yeah. I said, okay, I want you to call your coach. Just say, hey, can we meet before the practice yep. on this day? And um, and and they're like, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So I went in there with four adults, like looking at my son. Yep. And it was nerve wracking, right? For sure. But you, I supported him. Yeah, definitely. I don't expect a twelve-year-old to go in there and talk to adults and come out and say, "What'd they say, son?" Yeah, and, that, and that's kind of oh, my. You should have told them this. Like, it's just support the kid. Let them know yeah. that you're there right to the end, right? And that's kind of my point, right? Because yeah. a lot of the parents I've seen it a million times, and I want to talk about it more next week. It's just like the, like dictating to your thirteen, fourteen, fifteen-year-old, yeah, like what they should be doing. It's like, what? How do they know? They don't know. It's like so. Just be supportive and do it in the right way. So that they can actually come up with a plan, they don't view you as the enemy, like, as parents, right? That that's a that's a common thing that I see with with some yeah. of the way that parents are interacting with their kids. It's like, yeah. what are you doing? Well, and the other thing is, like, <laughs> I talk to so many people about this, and it's like, what do I do? You know, they're all pissy, and I'm like, well, just you know, have a conversation with the coach. And they're like, or again, have the agent call. It's like, well, the agent, like, that's fine, but sometimes it's just. You can have a conversation. I mean, like, I'm not saying all guys are going to even communicate. Like, sometimes some guys are just going to say, yeah, beat it, whatever. Mm -hmm. man. Work harder, and they don't give a shit how to help you. But for the most part, people do want to be helpful or do want the best out of you, especially on their team. It's how you approach the coaches is the most important thing. If you go, mm -hmm. if you go in there like, you this, you this, or why me? You know, it's all about you. It's like, how can I make the team better? Mm -hmm. like, how can I do something different to make the team? You know, yeah, that's sure. really the approach to take and – I mean, there's ways to do it. It's not that hard. Yeah. But sometimes you just need a, just a little push. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, anything else? No, I, go? I think I talk, we talked a lot today. Yeah, we did. We beat it. Beat the shit out of it. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> okay. Ciao for now. Yeah.